0: I'm Montse Alvarado tonight on EWTN News Nightly. Eye on the Middle East. New developments in the war between Israel and Hamas as residents in Gaza are given an ultimatum. Search for a speaker. Republican nominee Steve Scalise drops out of the race. We have the latest. Synod on synodality. A report from the Vatican as the global gathering enters its second week. And Miracle of the Sun, A Mass Draws Thousands of Faithful to Portugal, we'll explain. These stories and more tonight.
1: From EWTN, the Global Catholic Network, this is EWTN News Nightly.
0: Thank you for being with us on the Feast of St. Edward the Confessor. I'm Montse Alvarado, in for Tracy Sable. Our top story tonight, it's been almost one week since Hamas terrorists massacred hundreds of Israelis, dozens of Americans among those killed. And as the violence and uncertainty unfolds in the Middle East, President Joe Biden has told CBS 60 Minutes his administration is doing everything in its power to bring home hostages held by Hamas. That's if they can be found. White House Correspondent Owen Jensen reports. Owen.
1: Monty, earlier today, President Biden spoke virtually with the families of the American hostages and those unaccounted for, totaling 14 in all. Now, the president told 60 Minutes, as you alluded to, he wants family members to know he cares deeply about what's happening. And he calls what Hamas has done pure barbarism. And in Pennsylvania today, the president once again emphasized the U.S. stands with Israel at the port in philadelphia president joe biden delivers a speech on green energy and hydrogen hubs but first he discusses the situation in israel
2: the more we learn about the attack the more horrifying it becomes more than 1,000 1, innocent lives lost including at least 27 Americans.
1: Across the globe, his Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, arrives in Tel Aviv to meet with senior government leaders and underscore America's unwavering support for Israel. At a news briefing with his Israeli counterpart, Austin telling reporters the world has just witnessed a great evil, the bloodiest day in Jewish history since the end of the Holocaust.
0: So make no mistake, the United States will make sure that Israel has what it needs to defend itself. And Israel has a right to protect its people.
1: For now, tanks and armored vehicles on the move near Israel's border with Gaza. No indication the U.S. is trying to prevent an expected Israeli ground offensive. And that could worsen a humanitarian crisis for the 2.3 million Palestinians. Here, people packing up their cars as they leave northern Gaza. The Israeli Defense Forces called on all civilians of Gaza City to evacuate. The White House confirming that will be no easy task, trying to move civilians out of harm's way so they're not used as human shields.
3: I mean, Hamas actually gave a counter order to telling Palestinians in Gaza to stay at home. Uh, Why? Because uh, having human shields, they think, protects them.
1: And back overseas in Jordan, Secretary of State Antony Blinken meeting with Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas. Blinken has opened a second day of frantic Mideast diplomacy seeking to avert an expanded regional conflict. Now, back to the virtual conversation the president had with 14, I uh, should say, family members of the 14 Americans unaccounted for or who are right now being held hostage. Also in that meeting was National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, along with Hostage Affairs Special Envoy and the National Security Council Coordinator for the Middle East. Monsi?
0: Thank you so much, Owen. The Vatican is reiterating a call made by Pope Francis for the release of all hostages being held by Hamas. In an interview with Vatican Media, Cardinal Pietro Perolin, the Holy See's Secretary of State, said the terror attack last Saturday was, quote, inhuman. He also called for proportionality in Israel's legitimate defense, adding he's concerned about civilian casualties in Gaza. Americans who haven't been able to evacuate from Israel since the deadly terrorist attacks by Hamas will get some help starting today. The U.S. government is arranging charter flights and passage on ships for U.S. citizens. But several U.S. lawmakers question what took the Biden administration so long to act. Capitol Hill correspondent Eric Rosales joins us with more. Eric.
4: Well, good evening, Monse. Lawmakers on both sides of the aisle tell me that getting Americans out of Israel to safety should be the top priority of the Biden administration. Republicans say that they're dismayed by the lack of urgency, especially when other countries are already getting their citizens out. They tell me the administration should have learned its lesson from the botched withdrawal from Afghanistan. Outrageous, outrageous. We should have military planes landing uh, in, in, uh, in throughout Israel and, and picking up Americans and bringing them to safety, and that should, be it. That should have began immediately.
0: Well, the fact that Germany had uh, chartered Lufthansa airline planes, uh, we saw that Poland was on the ground with military planes,
4: even Mexico and Canada, our neighbors evacuating their citizens. Uh, it was heartbreaking to see that the United States did not do this as swiftly as we would have liked. The State Department says it's planning at least four chartered flights a day out of Israel to Athens, Greece, or Frankfurt, Germany. Thousands of American citizens and their immediate families will not be able to choose where to go. Ships will also sail to Cyprus. The Biden administration confirms dozens of Americans are being held hostage in Gaza by Hamas forces. Former Green Beret Congressman Mike Waltz tells me President Biden's language should be clear and strong. It's not inspiring to see the commander-in-chief kind of shrug his shoulders and say, I haven't given up hope. Not a, That's not the right thing to say right now. It is, we are coming after our people and there will be consequences if a hair on their head uh, is touched. But even Democrats say the task to get those Americans out alive won't be easy.
1: But we need to make every effort possible uh, to get them released. Uh,
4: we owe them that. U.S. officials estimate that there are more than 160,000 Americans in Israel and between 500 and 600 in Gaza alone. Monse,
0: Thank you so much, Eric. Israel's military is actively searching for hostages. An IDF spokesman announced troops conducted localized raids into Gaza today, killing a number of terrorists and looking for anything that could lead them to the missing Israelis. Our next guest knows firsthand how difficult these operations can be. Joining me now is the president and founder of One Free World, Majed El Shafi. Majed, thank you so much for joining us today. You were heavily involved in getting people out of Afghanistan a couple of years ago. Tell me, what is involved in trying to evacuate people trapped in Israel right now?
5: The the most important thing that we need to remember, there is always hope. And basically, our techniques depend on the local networks. So the local network can help great deal in order to be able to secure the people and to get them out as soon as possible.
0: Now, we've heard reports of different planes being sent out to pick up Americans, but the hostage situation is the greatest hurdle that we're seeing in Gaza and in Palestine in, in getting people out. How is this situation different? What are those specific challenges?
5: Well, the different, we are talking about around 150 Israeli hostages that right now 150-plus right now is in Gaza uh, and under the uh, the Hamas authority. Uh, some of them in the tunnels, some of them in homes, some of them underground. Uh, uh, the main hurdle and the difference that Hamas is using them as a bargain chip. So basically they're using them to threaten the Israelis. They're using them to get their own men outside of the Israeli prison. Hamas is a terrorist organization. And they will not hesitate to kill this hostage if they want to.
0: And it seems that the, the people of Palestine are also not being considered by Hamas and that they're not being given anywhere to go in order to escape the violence. So rescuing people is one thing, but relocating and resettling is another. What goes into finding safe havens for these refugees after this call to get everyone out of Gaza from the Israeli military?
5: Uh, Hamas used his own pe- their own people to, as a human shield. And many of the rockets and, uh, and the weaponry is hidden under school or hospitals or buildings. Uh, so it's a very tough situation. And you are dealing with a very, very dirty player and a, an extreme sector of Islam. But we have, when we're talking about Hamas, we have to divide between the Palestinians and Hamas. Hamas is a terrorist organization. The Palestinian civilians is always something that we are concerned about them and we always worry about them. The only way that they can do it through the borders, which is Jordan, Egypt, Uh, the problem that Egypt uh, can accept only limited numbers, Uh, Jordan can do the same, Lebanon can do the same. But at the same time, we see that Hezbollah right now become part of the problem, not part of the solution.
0: One angle that hasn't been talked about much is Christians in the, in the region. You were forced to flee your native Egypt because of your beliefs. Are you hearing any specific or general threats to the Christian community in the region?
5: Uh, the, the, the persecution that happened to the Christians, I wasn't in the Egyptian prison. Uh, I, I was tortured for my faith as a Christian. Uh, that the, the persecution that happening to the Christians all around the world, especially in the Muslim Arab countries, is increasing by the minute. Uh, we have one persecuted Christian every three minutes worldwide in total. Uh, let me just put it in a concept with regard to the Middle East, Palestinian and, and Israeli uh, dilemma. Uh, just Bethlehem used to be more than 90% Christians. Today, Bethlehem is only less than 2% Christians population.
0: Well, that's definitely where we come in with prayer and knowing that in the end, God has cooked the books. Thank you so much, Majed. God bless you. Across the world, and especially here in Washington, D.C., security is heightened after a former Hamas leader called for a global day of jihad. Two sets of fences are now around the U.S. Capitol complex. Capitol Police tell EWTN News Nightly although their intelligence has uncovered no specific or direct threats, additional officers are on patrol. Getting back to the search for the next Speaker of the House, the search is over for Republicans. The GOP conference held a candidates forum this afternoon and selected Congressman Jim Jordan, the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, to be their nominee for speaker. He beat freshman Austin Scott of Georgia in a vote of 124 to 81. The House floor expected to meet later today or tomorrow, but Jordan still needs 93 more Republican votes.
4: And I'm supporting Jim Jordan of Ohio. I think he's our most talented, uh, hardest working member. I think he can bring together all of the different uh, factions in the Republican conference. And I know our fellow Americans would be enthusiastic and excited about a Jim Jordan speakership.
0: The House has a number of pressing items ahead. Government funding is one. Lawmakers have only a dozen legislative days left before the current continuing resolution to fund the government runs out on November 17th. We have a lot more still to come on EWTN News Nightly, including a harrowing story of being trapped during the Hamas attack. A father recounts how his son survived for 10 hours in a bomb shelter and how his community will never be the same. (music) Returning to our top story, the war in the Middle East. For seven days, Israel has relentlessly conducted airstrikes on Gaza. The buildup of soldiers on the border is signaling a possible ground invasion of Hamas-held territory. It would be retribution for Saturday's attack, which killed more than 1,300 people. Joining us now is Israeli Army Reservist Raz Shmilovich. Raz, you and your family lived in the closest Israeli community to the Gaza Strip. Your son was home alone at the time of the attack He survived 10 horrible hours in your bomb shelter. First, how is he doing? How is your family?
6: Thank God. Thanks for asking. Uh, Thank God he's doing okay as far as he can be. Um, We are helping him. He's been through it. Uh, We live in a stressful life as it is. We're working with him. He's with his friends. We give him all the support. And thank God he's over it for the now being. In the longer run, we will see.
0: So tell us what he saw. What happened there? Some of his friends were killed at the beach.
6: Some of his friends went to the beach to 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 fish. That's what they do on Saturday morning, uh, and they got they literally send him video footages of Hamas boats, and gunshots deploying. They had no idea what they are seeing. The next message they get, he gets is when they are locked in the bathroom of the beach, and then gun, gunshots going through, literally bullets whistling above their heads, and since uh, seven ten in the morning. That's the last time they heard of him. And this time, my son's already in the bombshell. He knows what's going on. And he's spending all those hours texting his friends, calling him, begging them to answer. Well, at that point, they're already murdered brutally by Hamas terrorists. And uh, later in the night, their bodies were identified in the morgue in the nearby hospital.
0: That sounds horrifying. And where were you?
6: I was... Enjoying a camping vacation in the beautiful desert of Israel um, with my family. I'm um, just enjoying a weekend when this whole horror started and I understood my son is home alone and I can't even go to help him because the whole area was closed by the army because there's gunshots and there's nothing I can do to come and help him. I'm trapped outside. I got 45 minutes away from the house and I couldn't get any anywhere, anywhere closer.
0: But you're an army reservist. You haven't seen this before. This is this is not like anything you've ever seen before, as you have stated. Have you been called up? Are you ready?
6: First of all, I've taken part in. I've been combat soldier for three years, and then twenty-one years in reserve. I have witnessed two wars, but the biggest difference is in wars, you shoot soldiers when they give up their weapons. You don't shoot them. In this, we had murdered babies and kids. And and, and and people without weapons being executed by Hamas ter- beasts of terrorists in their bedrooms, in their houses. As a soldier, I cannot accept civilians being killed. I cannot accept civilians being butchered. Your house is supposed to be a safe place. Seven in the morning, somebody gets inside your living room. I had two parents in the 60s shot to death next to a 30 years old daughter, both of them died with their guns in their hands without even having a chance to respond. I've never seen civilians being butchered. We have today the youngest victim in the, not in my community, thank God, under two years of age. Babies shot in their cradles. What Hamas is trying to do now is trying to minimize the damage they've caused themselves by bragging about the horrors they did. And all of a sudden, Hamas launched a campaign that did not murder civilians, they did not kidnap kids. Images are there. Hamas is ISIS. The world needs to know when tomorrow morning Israel retaliates, we have every right to protect our people.
0: Roz, thank you so much for your candor and for everything that you're doing. We we wish you well and we're praying for you.
6: Thank you so much.
0: The unrest in the Middle East is spilling to other parts of the world where pro-Palestinian protests are taking place, sometimes near those supporting Israel. There is only one solution! This pro-Palestine rally took place in Chicago, and some demonstrators shouted anti-Israeli slogans. In South Africa, protests were held at the same time as a prayer rally for the Jewish community. Up next on EWTN News Nightly, as the second week of the synod comes to a close, a dire warning about the devil is given to participants during this morning's Mass. The president of the University of Notre Dame is stepping down at the end of the school year. Father John Jenkins led the university for 19 years. In a statement, the Holy Cross priest says Notre Dame's best years lie ahead. And participants in the Vatican Synod on Synodality consider the theme of the church as a mission. And it features a call to all who are baptized. EWTN Vatican News correspondent Colin Flynn has more. Lord.
3: At this morning's Mass in St. Peter's Basilica, the main celebrant warned the devil is launching an attack to divide the Church. Cardinal Fridulin Ambongo Besonga from the Democratic Republic of Congo urged participants to fight back using the weapons of synodality, adding that requires unity, prayer and listening to each other.
6: The martyrs and believers. Were
3: During the second week of the Synod, participants sit and discuss important issues to the Church. For instance, this morning, Cardinal Jean Claude Hollerich, Relator General of the Synod, introduced the second part of the working document of the Assembly, entitled Instrumentum Laboris, re emphasizing the theme of the Synod. Our theme is, therefore, mission. It has been said very clearly at all levels of the Synodal process, that the Synodal Church is a Church sent out in mission. The Lord's command given to the Apostles extends to all members of our Apostolic Church. As we've seen throughout the month so far, the Synod is a place for the global Church to meet, but it's also a rare opportunity to bring together those who do not see eye to eye on points of faith and can be quite polarizing figures. It is not easy process. Uh, but uh, this listening, I think, is some, some key point. Uh, and after what we have in the church, uh, that we not created something new. A church is existing 2,000 two years. So this solidarity was practiced in different way. For example, Father James Martin, a strong LGBT advocate in the Catholic Church, and Cardinal Gerard Muller, who strongly supports traditional values, posed for a picture together and gifted each other copies of their books. While those moments were public, the Pillar News outlet reported this morning that deliberations of participants at the Synod may not be private. The publication says it was able to access information via an uncensored server available to anyone with the correct web address without any need for a password. Vatican spokesman Matteo Bruni said he was checking into the report. This week saw a break in the Synod's schedule and a chance for the group to attend an afternoon pilgrimage to the catacombs of St. Sebastian, known for temporarily housing the relics of St. Peter and Paul, as well as to the catacombs of St. Callistos and St. Domitilla. It was a chance for the group to mix and mingle outside of the formal setting of the hall.
6: The catacombs were majorly places from the of almost 3000 uh, 2000 years ago and beyond where Christians have gone to find all those who died in um, in uh, as martyrs different aspects of the 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 the, the, the catacombs are actually uh, archives of let me call it in the history of the church in terms of who are buried there this morning,
3: With the outbreak of war in the Holy Land, on Thursday morning the Synod opened with prayers for peace, led by the head of the Chaldean Catholic Patriarch of Baghdad. The participants prayed for all those suffering from violence and war, especially in the Holy Land. The President of the Focal Arm Movement, Margaret Karam, a Palestinian Catholic, invited prayers for peace.
1: Lord, we pray to you for the Holy Land, for the people of Israel and Palestine who are under the grip of unprecedented violence, for the victims, especially the children, for the wounded, for those held hostage, for the missing and their
4: families.
3: In Rome, Colm Flynn, EWTN News nightly.
0: An international Catholic organization founded in 1909 is tackling the scourge of human trafficking. The Knights of Peter Claver are going through the area in and around the nation's capital, distributing door hangers. The message includes phone numbers for the human trafficking hotline, the National Runaway Safety Line, and D.C. Police. We turn now to Michael Russell, Grand Knight of Council 364 of the Knights of Peter Klaver. Michael, it's great to have you here with us. First off, tell us how prevalent human trafficking is in the D.C. area and how the idea of these door hangers came about.
2: Interestingly enough, not just prevalent in the D.C. area, but as a Knight of Peter Claver, Peter Klaver, as you know, called himself Peter Klaver, the slave of the Negro people. He actually founded a hospital in Cartagena, uh, Colombia, we he to slaves going over Middle Passage and actually actually saved souls of 300,000 different slaves. We try to carry on Peter Claver's work because right now there are more slaves in the world than at any other time in human history. And the best thing we can do is, the best we can do, is try to free men's bodies and also to save men's souls. And so our goal really is to get the word out about human trafficking, how you can spot it, and not only how you can spot it, but how you can help folks to do it. As an example, one of the things we try to do is get people to place these door hangers in restrooms, because victims of human trafficking, of course, have to use restrooms. And sometimes if they see that door hanger, they might be able to get that one text message that will actually save them.
0: It's the one place where they could possibly be alone. You know, people hear the phrase human trafficking, but we're really talking about what some call modern-day slavery. What does that look like today?
2: Actually, it looks like several things. Most people think of it as sex trafficking, but it's much more than that. There's also labor trafficking where many people who work in restaurants, et cetera, really are not there because they want to be there, but because they have to be there. Sometimes it's even caused by their own family members or people that they thought loved them who got them psychologically tricked into becoming human slaves.
0: Now, these door hangers, they're just—they're really, really quite a brilliant idea. What response have you seen to them?
2: When we go to churches uh, where we try to get these door hangers out, we've gotten a lot of response to that. As a matter of fact, we're going to be increasing our distribution sometime this year, especially starting in January, which is the Human Trafficking Month, of course.
0: Now, quickly, if people want more information or want to help out, what can they do? Where can they go?
2: They can either contact the kfpc.org national website, or they can contact me at grandnight364 at outlook.com.
0: Well, that's Michael Russell, Grand Knight of Council 364 of the Knights of Peter Klaver. Thank you so much for being with us.
2: Have a blessed and wonderful day.
0: Finally, tonight, thousands of faithful gathered in Portugal for a mass celebrating Our Lady. October 13th marks the anniversary of the final apparition of Our Lady of Fatima. It's the miracle of the dancing sun, where the sun appeared to dance in the sky. The Virgin Mary did it so the children would have proof the conversations with her were true. And we thank you for watching tonight. Remember, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, X, and Instagram at EWTN News Nightly. I'm Montse Alvarado. Good night and God bless.